0: USDA report is out of the way, but the grain markets are still left wondering about South American crop potential. Surprise, surprise. The farm bill continues to come up in discussions, and dicamba is back in the headlines, too. We've got a lot of ground to cover on this week's Farmer Forum, including some Super Bowl predictions.
1: from the foretold Friday fracas via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's a Friday break for all with Sean Haney from Real Ag Radio. We also welcome Jessica Shulkin from the Russell Group. And Directly following the news, Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. Davis Michelson, here it hey, is, hey. Friday. How you doing, buddy? Super terrific.
0: Super terrific. Good. How about you? Good. Well, it's 38 degrees and a little cloudy. Oh, um, if okay. if it was any day other than you know February 9th, I might be a little disappointed. But as okay. it stands, I'm more than willing to take it. Well, uh, I don't know if you
1: recall, but you poo pooed my weather uh, prediction yesterday.
0: I did. Yes, we Honey, both I'm commented sorry. on how it
1: was windy, and I and my comment was, well, Oh, I wonder if the weather's going to change. And you're all like, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> a lot of that what? kind of stuff. Yeah, Which I just, you know, and that was it. OK, but here we are. Here we
0: are. Thirty eight degrees. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of a wind out there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you.
1: Oh, maybe I'm overplaying it just a little bit. <laughs> 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 you know, dramatic uh, effect and whatnot.
0: You bet. Glad that you are with us to wrap up a week. We've got the free for all coming your way. Uh, Haney is here. Davis is here. And Jessica Shulkin from the uh, from the Russell Group, D.C., looking forward to getting her perspectives on mm-hmm. what is going on. Dude, you've got a – there's a, a, a lot of news here. Let's go ahead and get started yeah. and make sure we get to it.
1: Well, there really is. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen tried to defend the Biden administration's economic approach amid ongoing concerns over high food costs. Mm-hmm. Yellen asserted that while some prices remain elevated – Wages have also significantly increased when challenged by Senator John Kennedy, who likened supporting Bidenomics to a, quote, fungal infection. Yellen mm-hmm. argued that rising wages offset the impact yeah. of higher prices.
0: It, well, they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Um, that, that is how it's supposed to work. But the the the, uh, the rising wages over the past three years have not kept up with the rising costs. Over the past three years, that is why you and I talk about the affordability issues going on in this country, Mm -hmm. and that when you when you get determined to look at year to year comparisons only, and that's it, and forget everything else that led up to it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you can make a strong case for it, but affordability stinks.
1: Well, Tip, a nitrogen plant sale in Weaver, Iowa, has sparked some backlash because of consolidation concerns in the fertilizer industry. OCI Global announced a $3.6 billion sale to Coke, Ag, and Energy Solutions. Josh Linville, vice president of Fertilizer with Stonex, says there's been definite pushback against the deal.
2: There's been a lot of organizations that have stepped up in opposition to the sale. One of the big problems with North America nitrogen is that it is a bit of an oligopoly look at it, the three major manufacturers control a very large portion of overall production in the U.S., and the market is trying to push back and say, this sale represents the loss of yet another competitor in the state. We're becoming a three-party system, and that's worrisome, right? Because the less competitors you have, the less you have, the values come under pressure, because if one doesn't do it, the other two probably don't either.
1: Bro, you know I was down at the groundbreaking of that yeah. plant there, and it was such a big deal at the time. Domestic Huge. nitrogen production. Everyone was so excited. Uh, and now here the uh, the parent company OCI is, uh, is apparently selling the factory. Yeah yeah. Uh, as, as long as they continue to produce,
0: sure, which I, I think that's still the case. I, mm-hmm. I, it's still a benefit having having them in the middle of the country. Absolutely. Yeah Well,
1: in an interview with Tucker Carlson, his first with Western media since invading Ukraine, Russian President Putin denied interest in attacking Poland or Latvia and urged America to halt its armament of Ukraine. Chip, did if you watch the interview? I have not yet. I want to be
0: able to dedicate my full yep. attention to it. Yes. But if Russian President Putin is says that he's not interested in attacking Poland or Latvia, I would say look out in Poland and Latvia.
1: <laughs> well, meanwhile, President Joe Biden pushed back on a special counsel report that described him as a, quote, elderly man with a poor memory and chronicled repeated occasions where he has struggled to recall basic facts.
0: It is forcing the president to address the issue publicly, and th- yesterday was a bad day for President Biden.
1: The Inflation Reduction Act is projected to cost over $800 billion through 2033, originally priced at $391 billion in 2022. Additionally, the law's support for green initiatives have attracted Chinese solar energy investment to the United States, potentially undermining domestic green tech goals. Donald Trump has threatened to overturn the measure if re-elected. Various Republican senators are pushing for amendments addressing border-related issues, non-lethal aid to Ukraine, humanitarian aid in Gaza, compensation for radiation victims, inclusion of a strict immigration bill, and a provision to ban Chinese ownership of American farmland. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced plans to keep the Senate in session despite an impending recess week. Chip, a lot to do. Uh, Recess might not be the best time.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to lean on Jessica and and get some perspective on what is happening with the schedule there in the Senate.
1: Well, finally, Chip, the ice cocoa futures market this week skyrocketed to a record high of nearly $6,000 per metric tonne. In around 12 months' time, the price of cocoa has more than doubled, Chip.
0: Our old friend Jim Wyckoff sent me a note, and he said yesterday's yesterday's yeah. trading range in cocoa futures was bigger than the contract would normally see in a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. All right, good stuff, Davis. Thank you very much. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheik, editor, Farm Journal's Pork. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. I'm looking forward to it this weekend. We've got family showing up. We're going to have a blast. Uh, And I'm still trying to, you know, figure out exactly what's going to go on the snack table. There's going to be some pork there, but what do you got in mind?
3: Well, I I feel like you're kind of like up there when it comes to pork preparation. And so I would be like one of the last people to try to give you advice typically, but I'm armed with like a chef from Ohio. Um he he's the executive chef of the syndicate and oh my goodness, he he cooked for the Ohio Pork Congress all week and I mean, I eat a lot of pork on the road when I'm going to these shows. This was the best I've had. It was so good. So, on our website right now, we have three of his recipes that he uses that it was a little hard to get out of him, but um, they are so good. But perhaps my favorite was armadillo eggs. It, oh. It's got sausage, bacon, jalapeno peppers, cream cheese, cheddar cheese, and a little bit of barbecue sauce for glazing. And I just that it was like the most amazing thing I've ever nice. eaten. No joke. Nice. But But, you know, one of the things I, I really enjoyed is we had a great talk about why he loves cooking with pork. Yeah. And pork's so yeah. versatile, and there's so many ways that you can take the flavor of pork. And, I mean, it already has enough great flavor on its own, but you can add it to so many different things. So we shared a few recipes that kind of all take it from different angles, um, and would be really easy to, to add to your lineup this weekend.
0: Outstanding. And we got to watch for an Illinois farm family on the Super Bowl commercials, right?
3: yes so excited we've got five farm families being represented and chad lehman he's always um he's one of your favorites on agri talk yeah. too and he's one of mine um great pork producer and it's really cool because this is really focusing on the generational passing down of the family farm and why farms may seem a little bit big bigger than they were years ago is because they've had to grow to get everybody yeah. to have a spot yep. on the farm it's a really cool story go check it out
0: absolutely yeah www.porkbusiness.com check it out We got the free-for-all coming up next.
2: Potential. It's the one thing that farmers work tirelessly to reach. Sometimes it takes more than just sweat equity, it takes real financial backing. And whether it's land, equipment or a little help to make the most of your operation, FBN Finance is the partner for you. At FBN Finance our Farmers First philosophy means that we have a team of Ag experts that looks at each farm and farmer's unique needs, giving you a loan package that fits your goals. And now with FBN Finance you can get $500 off closing costs for farmland loans over $200. Hundred fifty thousand dollars With great rates, instant approvals, and a pre-qualification on farmland loans, FBN Finance has everything you need to be your partner in the fields and with your finances. Start your farmland loan today at fbn.com slash agritalk or call 833-FBN-LEND. That's 833-FBN-LEND. FBN Finance, more than a lender. Financing offered by FBN Finance, LLC, and its lending partners. Available where FBN Finance, LLC is licensed. Terms and conditions apply. NMLS ID 163
4: The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of the Scoop and host of the Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find the Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail.
5: Lower crop prices and extreme weather can take a toll on your profits and peace of mind. Crop insurance is a powerful tool to not only protect your financial security, but give you confidence to market grain, invest in your operation, and provide for what matters most, your family. At Farmers Mutual Hail, we understand that. So we've created products that allow you to customize plans for up to 95% coverage. It's time to rethink your crop insurance and choose FMH, America's crop insurance company, to protect your livelihood. Visit connect.fmh.com today.
0: I taught for 20 years, until I started forgetting my lectures. Eventually,
6: he had to quit. Getting his early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard, but it gave us time to take control of the situation together. I can't imagine going
2: through this without him.
4: If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
1: I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at eight five five four talk ag and tell us what's on your mind.
0: Yeah, we can take a call. It's a free for all going here. If you want to get involved, 855-4-TALK-AG, you can do that. Or if you would rather tweet at us, make sure that you include hashtag agritalk in the message. I'll be watching for that. Uh, you can also email uh, host at agritalk.com. I'm Chip. I'm glad that you're with us on this Friday morning for the free-for-all. Uh, we've also got Davis Michelson. Davis? Mm-hmm. Hello. Good morning. Standing by. I'm I am waiting. I can't wait to get you into the conversation here this morning. Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. How you doing, Sean?
7: Chip, I am doing fantastic. I've been on the road all week. Did a couple yeah. speaking engagements in different parts of the country. It's been a lot of fun this week.
0: Good, good. Uh, before we bring Jessica in... Give me a little bit on what you've learned.
7: Well, what I've learned is the Canadian farmer is a little bit pretty negative about 2024 so far. So we we released the data this week of our Canadian farmer sentiment index, which is it mirrors the Purdue CME ag economy barometer. Okay. Okay. And farmers are feeling pretty negative, uh, like 65 and 67 when it comes to current and future farm financial performance, which is interesting because if you compare it to the January data from Purdue, American farmers are in positive territory. I'm not exactly sure why Canadians are so much more negative regarding the year ahead, but there's a lot of concern here about drought. And I think that dip in commodity prices really has taken up a lot of the the people's mind space. There's a lot of, a lot of concern out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the advanced stage of some of the rules and regulations around carbon has something to do with it?
7: Yeah. You know what, honestly, Chip, when in the open-ended responses, it's carbon tax, carbon tax, carbon tax, carbon tax. Um, and whether and whether that the it's the reality of whatever the size of that cost is, it doesn't really matter. It's the black cloud of perception that that's yep. impacting how people feel about the year ahead, right? That's yeah. that's that's I, I think for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Stand by, buddy. And Jessica Shulkin, principal at the Russell Group DC. Jessica, welcome to AgriTalk and the Free for All. How are you?
8: I am well. Thank you for having me. It's Friday. What is not uh- to love?
0: Absolutely. And it's Friday going into a really big weekend. We got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, Sounds to me like you're not really in favor of either team.
8: Look, that's, I mean, they're great teams, right? They're always in the Super Bowl. I I just, I live in Washington, so we have the commanders. Obviously, they're not going to the Super Bowl anytime in the next, you know, couple of decades. But (laughs) my household was rooting. We had a rough weekend a couple weeks ago. We really, really wanted to see the Ravens win. The Ravens. And the Lions. Shake it up a little bit, but, you know, we're still throwing a party. We're still going to drink beer. We're still going to eat wings. Watch the
0: game. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. So do you have a favorite? <laughs> have you got a prediction on this game? You know, you might be the most objective of all of us on, on predicting the outcome of this game.
8: I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say the Chiefs.
0: <laughs> okay all right right.
8: Taylor Swift factor I have no idea but
0: that's
8: my prediction (laughs) the good luck
0: charm the good luck charm right right what about you Haney
8: that depends on where you're sitting
0: yeah Yeah.
7: Yeah. well I I I, I'm really looking forward to the Jason Kelsey appearance whatever that's going to look like um yeah Yeah. I I'm going 49ers I've been saying I am a huge fan of Christian McCaffrey I I also Brock Purdy man I know that's yeah, it's close to your heart, Chip, with his uh, history at o- Iowa State. But I, you know, Mister Irrelevant, the Super Bowl champ. Everybody has doubted him so much throughout the year. Even, even in that conference championship game, yeah. people were doubting. Him. They still do. I, I, I really want. Well, Rock he was he proved, he proved him right in the first
0: has. half. Well, he did. Yes, <laughs> he, he,
7: that, that is a bit of a challenge for him. Like it, it he is uh, he is going to have to play very consistent. In yeah. this game, he cannot afford to play that crappy in the first half or the second. Like, he, he's he got to come out and play a full football game of four, four periods. Four quarters.
0: Four quarters, yeah. baby. Yep. Yeah. High-scoring game, low-scoring game. What do you think, Haney?
7: Oh, I think it's going to be high-scoring. Yeah. You do not keep Christian McCaffrey quiet. Oh, right. or, or Kelsey, for that matter. Or I, Kelsey. Know, if the, yeah, if the Chiefs can yeah. catch some passes like they have been lately, like if we get the Chiefs from earlier in the year where they can't catch anything, yeah, it, it Fort could run them over. But I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring, close game.
1: All right, and Davis. Well, I tell you what, it's two very evenly matched teams. I'm excited just to see the see the game. I, you know, and I hope everyone has a great time. You know, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would say let's pick the blue team. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, um, you would. But here's—you've here's gotten a little more serious on this now. Yeah, yeah. I really had to think about this. I put on my sports analyst hat. My call here, when we're talking about Mister Irrelevant, I want to—I want to shine a light on Mister Relevant, and that's oh. number seven, Mister Harrison Butker. Ooh, he's been a consistent performer for the Chiefs all year long. I'm predicting a three-nothing victory for the Chiefs. It all Three. rests on number seven, Harrison Butker. Yep. Three. yep. Bring us home, oh, buddy. Bring us home. Barber. Oh, a real
2: wow. That's a safety Indeed.
0: and an extra point, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> safety and an
0: extra point. Beautiful. Beautiful. I got it. 31-24-49ers. 31-24. 31-24-49ers. Here we go. I'm Let's right go. Yep. McCaffrey. Uh, you can't ignore that and the impact that he's going to have. And, and, uh, you know, you got the old Iowa tight end. You got the old Iowa State quarterback. I, I'm having a hard time not rooting for the uh, for, for the 49ers going in there. All right. Go with your heart. Let's get busy. Heart. <laughs> yes, I'm going with my heart. Let's get busy here. Uh, we I, I want to go back to something that came out on Tuesday, and it was the Dicamba ruling. Sean, when you saw that, what were your thoughts
7: Uh, Oh, great timing. Uh, And when (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, not so much. Um, Now, my understanding here, Chip, is that we're kind of looking at the process of the consult period. This feels very much like a technicality. I I guess the question is, can this be fixed by spring? Like, it's not a case of if the product is is safe or not, which is different than in, in some other product issues. This one's about paperwork and flow, like... What are we doing here? We're talking about 40 million acres of beans and cotton. This this has got to be fixed by spring. The question is canopy.
0: Right. That's a great question. Jessica, is this something that that was on your radar this week? Oh, absolutely.
8: I mean, it's pretty much almost anything. You know, the only thing folks have been talking about since Tuesday, you know, obviously the commodity groups, the so bean guys and the corn guys are all over it, and they've reached out the EPA already and say, at minimum, like, can we use stocks on hand? You have to do something right now. I totally agree. The timing is unbelievable. Uh, it, it's 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 almost breathtaking. It's like nobody was thinking this. You know, this actually has very real world implications immediately, not in six months, right now. And it's just thrown, you know, sort of everything into upheaval. It, it, it's happened before. Right. And EPA was able to fix it. They had a longer time frame, but I think, you know, we're all just waiting to see what they do, but certainly it has gotten everyone's attention immediately.
7: Mm-hmm. And it's been, yeah. a, it's been a run, bad run of bad luck for bear. Like yeah. you, you think about the, the payouts when it comes to the, the roundup suits, uh, yep. the, the new one last week. And then, and then this, it's some stressful times over there trying to, 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 to battle all this
0: yeah and it just amazes me that that some of the glyph uh the glyphosate uh, cases are still out there and happening in the roundup cases um but they are and and bear says that they're prepared for it with a huge stockpile of funds that are that are probably going to be paid out over a period of time uh jessica on dicamba what should we expect? Should we expect that they will find some way to allow the product that is already in position to be used in two thousand twenty four? Maybe even some kind of an exemption for two thousand
8: twenty four? I I I think so. I would be really surprised. I mean, you know, there are some good ag folks at EPA. They understand the implications of this. I would be really surprised if they were not, you know, working twenty four seven right now to try to find a workaround at least for that stocks in use whether they go further i think is an open question but certainly they're not gonna i don't see any way they leave farmers just out out to dry on this
0: okay what,
7: right. what, what i found interesting is the press release of uh, one of the activist organizations where they said this was a huge win for family farmers yeah. huh yeah <laughs> Uh, I had to do a double take and see, what was I reading here? What side were well, sure, cheering for?
0: I'm sure that these say. family farmers have been forced to buy the dicamba products. <laughs> oh, right. How, absolutely how forced so to dumb. buy it. Right. So it, it Just, uh, uh, you, you know, Haney, you mentioned real life. Uh, this, this is uh, something that is going to leave growers scratching their head right up until we get some clarity on what is going to happen to their seed choice decisions that they've made for for 2024 the product that they may have already purchased the product that they may already have on hand sitting in the in the shed it's all a lot of uncertainty going into it and for the for the the outcome of all of this uncertainty to rely on the court system is is reason enough to be anxious over where where this is going to lead us next up we got to get a an appeal going of this decision and and see if if that can gain some traction okay for us next up the farm bill timeline we we got to get to the bottom line with that and Jessica We'll do that next here on Talk.
5: Are you ready to diversify your farm income? Sweetwater Technologies powered by GRIP is offering the next generation of agricultural entrepreneurs turnkey owner operated drone business partnerships. Together we can grow and empower agricultural communities through technological solutions. It is our vision to build economic growth for future generations. Apply today to become a business partner and join our journey on the road to 1 million acres at SweetwaterTechnologies.com.
0: Wake up. Get ready. Grab breakfast. Go to work. Grab
7: lunch. Come home. Run to practice. Run to the store. Grab dinner. Go to bed and repeat. Food fuels your day. And we fuel the people producing it. With the latest news, information and perspectives from across the globe. Ag Day is a place to learn about the business of food and farming. Join us and our team of experts as we cover the stories that keep the world moving. That's weekdays for Ag Day, the country experience
2: time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer.
0: Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor, Brian Grady. How you doing, Brian? Everything
6: good? Awesome. Couldn't be better, Chip.
0: Excellent. Okay. I'm going to start you off in a market that we don't normally talk about, and that is cotton because we got a really nice move to the upside today.
6: Yeah. Uh, so blew uh, through uh, resistance at around 90 cents and, and uh, just an explosive move higher. Now some of the soft markets including cocoa and, and yeah. led by cocoa uh, recently have uh, just almost gone parabolic here and, and cocoa has gone parabolic and, and yeah. so some of that is residual impact on cotton. Now cotton's already had a, a nice rally going but uh, this last leg up I think is a direct reflection of that uh, some gotcha. of the strength in the soft markets.
0: Gotcha. Kind of a weak ending to the grain trade for the week.
6: Yeah, uh, so soy complex, it's under pressure. Soybean, soy meal, soy oil, uh, they're all facing, uh, oh, I would call it uh, light to moderate pressure here at, at mid-morning. Uh, the wheat market, it's trading to the upside, being led by SRW contracts there. And then corn's kind of caught in the middle. It's mildly favoring the downside, about a penny lower here at mid-morning. But, uh, um, you know, the, the strength in the wheat market is helping to limit seller interest. We did post a uh, new contract low in corn futures yeah. earlier this morning
0: yep yep all right take us over to the livestock trade
6: uh pretty quiet and choppy yep. in uh, live cattle and feeder cattle futures to be honest with you still waiting on active cash cattle trade to develop uh, most of the signs point to higher prices uh, but boy at this point it may be after the future stop trading for the week before we see any kind of activity there and then on the hog side of things trying to regain some of the losses uh, from earlier in the week but uh, just mild buying so far at mid-morning
0: excellent thank you brian have a great weekend That is Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady on Markets Now.
1: This is Andrew McCray, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. Agritalk, what more do you need to know? Welcome back to Agritalk and the
0: free for all. Glad that you are with us on this Friday morning. We've got Davis Michelson, Sean Haney, and Jessica Shulkin on the free for all today. Guys, I want to to talk about the farm bill because it, it felt like not this week, but the week before, it felt like we were kind of putting the whole conversation to bed, at least for a period of time, that uh, the farm bill was probably going to be a 25 issue. Uh, we were going to get past the, this fall's elections and then bring the farm bill back up. But, boy, the the uh, the House Ag Committee Democrats kind of changed that whole perspective i guess this week jessica when they put out some of their uh some of their essential principles of what they expect in this bill was it timing to get a refocus on the farm bill and and maybe raise the priority um maybe a
8: little bit i mean there's look there's frustration among, I think, all sorts of members of Congress and the rest of the world about the delay of the Farm Bill on both the Republican side and the Democratic side. The statement, I mean, I, I'm not sure what to say about the timing of it, other than, okay. you know, I think we are really kind of getting to the fish or cut bait part of the year. The closer we get to the election, obviously, the harder it's going to be for Congress to do anything of substance. And I think a lot of folks will look at Congress this past week and say maybe they've already passed the point where they can do anything of substance because you know they're kind of flailing right now. But I mean the thing that I noticed really about the Democrat the principles that the the House Dems put out was they really mirror um, the same thing that the Senate Democrats have been saying that they need: don't change nutrition policy, protect the conservation funding provided in the Inflation Reduction Act, protect rural or. uh, Electric Renewable Energy Funding and the Inflation Reduction Act, Mm -hmm. all things that we know that the Republicans are looking at making changes to. And so, you know, I don't know that it really pushes the ball down the field that much. Um, I I think it just continues to kind of muddy the water. The path path forward, I was talking to a a, a staffer this week who said, I thought really aptly, if anybody tells you they know what the plan is, they are lying. (laughs) There is no plan. (laughs) It doesn't feel like there's a plan now. but the other thing that we would flag is, you know, a lot of times, you know, these things come together really quickly, and so you know, we all have to be ready that maybe one day we'll get a call and say that you know, there's magically now room in the house schedule to consider the farm bill, and we have a week to make sure everything is ready to go. So we're watching, but I don't know that the I don't know what what the House Dems put out really is going to change the trajectory okay. that we were looking at before.
7: All right, so, uh, so uh, here's uh, what I so Chip, here's what I've been wondering. We've, okay. we've seen this week and in, in past weeks how the uh, Repub- uh, Republicans on the House side, you know, in order for us to consider this, we need border security funding. Yeah. D- does that at all work its way into the Farm Bill talks at all like it has with pretty much every other piece of legislative talk? Well, or and the foreign the aid North in particular. Yeah. What so, do you think, I don't know that
0: just- it I, – I,
8: I don't think they're directly tied at all. I think it's honestly more, at this point, more of a scheduling issue, right? Like they, they have been trying to deal with this border situation for so long and it feels like, you know, it's, it's kind of going nowhere. It, it's not going anywhere in the House. The Senate tried to get their bill passed. They've now stripped it back. Senators' weekends are going to be ruined because they're going to have to be in the Senate on Super Bowl Sunday taking votes instead of watching the game. Um, but even if they get a, foreign aid standalone bills and take the border security stuff out of it, I think it's not clear at all that the house is going to agree to that. Um, it's, it it is all pretty wide open. The only thing that's been consistent in this Congress really is sort of inconsistency and changing positions and changing dynamics. And it's hard, it's really hard to know at this point from one day to another, where folks are going to land. I don't think, though, that that is going to tie directly to whether or not the farm bill gets passed. I don't necessarily see those issues being brought into it. I think it's really just going to be a, a, more a result of, is there time on the congressional calendar after they deal with all this other stuff that they have to do? You know, Are they going to have a week or two weeks or three weeks to, to look and really consider a farm bill? And I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that they're not in session a lot. They're all going to be home right. campaigning a fair bit this year. So you yeah. know it makes it tricky. Right.
0: Yeah. Jessica, what exactly is the Senate going to be working on this weekend? Is it the appropriations bills?
8: No, they are actually oh. going to be working on the 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 border security, the foreign aid, the Taiwan, okay. um, the, the Israel piece of the of the legislation. They took out the border security piece. Senator Schumer has started the process to vote on just the foreign aid package they'll take a vote tonight at seven o'clock. They'll take another vote on Sunday sort of procedural vote that will set them up for final passage of just the money, money piece of it early next week. And, you know, then we'll see what the house does with it. But they, they tried to pass the whole bill didn't, didn't work. And so they said, fine, we'll, we're going to tear this down, put border security to the side for now, and at least try to get the, the Ukraine, um, Israel, Taiwan funding passed.
0: Okay. You know, I brought. And then up the they're group. leaving. They're
8: supposed to be on recess next well, week.
0: Yeah, and then they're leaving, and the appropriations are not going to be taken up at, at that time. Uh-huh. And we've still got—I mean, we've got a deadline that's getting getting uh, close again: March one and March eight on these appropriations bills. Is it another continuing resolution? Is that what we're going to get out of this? <sighs>
8: Gosh, If I knew it, the answers to all these questions, I would be a billionaire. Uh, I do, so Sorry. I do know they are. You know, they that they're working there at the committee level. They're working their way through the process. They're going through all the bills, the AG bill specifically. Um, you know, they've been hammering that out for a couple of weeks now. They the problem is going to be for all of these bills. I don't think it's going to be the funding levels because you know that's. A math problem you have good numbers you have bad numbers but you can always figure out a number it's going to be the myriad of policy writers that were attached to all of the house bills ag included and trying to figure out which of those can be accepted which of them have to go away in order to make sure you can really get it through the house i don't think the senate will be as much of a problem but the house you're going to have to pass these bills on under suspension of the rules which requires two-thirds of the house members to vote in favor of it yeah. Right now, it's hard to get two thirds of the house to vote for, you know, a Mother's Day resolution. Right. So well, it's it's it, a it's a balancing act, but they do have time, and they are they are really doing their best.
7: Well, and, and this week was a, a great showcase of just how difficult it is to get anything done right now. And yep. you know the the the, the border the uh, bill that came out of the Senate it was you know dead upon arrival before anybody even read the text. Yeah. It, it, which is yep. very strange um, and you know depending on who you're listening to, whether some of that was you know based on inaccuracies wow. about a 5,000 person a day threshold or there's just no discussion it's just dead yeah and and, and so it, it we're not interested it, it appears in really finding conclusion to this issue or even incremental improvement wow. and that's the part that I think is really frustrating is that what are what, what is actually success? with this issue look like
0: because it's is it zero question it's impossible yeah like what a great question uh you you know and well before we get to what does success look like on it i want to ask you haney how much influence did trump lobbying a grenade in from outside saying yeah you know what let's not support that thing uh how much influence do you think that that had I
7: think that was real. I, I know people are, you know, poo pooing that and saying, you know, the Speaker Johnson, he's, you know, no, you know, the we're, we're this is, you know, things are messy and things happen, and you know, this yeah. is us doing our work. He, he, he did a very good job of of playing that down, but I think it had a big impact. I th- this yeah. like we've been talking about both sides of the aisle. This is a major fundraiser. Oh yeah, and the political will to solve this issue. It's an issue both sides recognize it. Even on the Democrat side, polling is showing that the border is becoming a major, major issue on that side of the aisle. The solution is what they disagree on, but it's okay to have incremental improvement like that. That's the part like just doing nothing is is not working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you know, Jessica, there was a time where I thought nobody wants to find a, a solution to the issue because the issue itself is too valuable to both sides then jim wiesmeyer got me convinced no you know what they're going to try to work on an issue they're going to try to work on a resolution to this it is this working on the resolution is this is it is is it a serious attempt to deal with the problems that we have at the border
8: I absolutely think it was a serious attempt. Okay. I mean, they, they, those guys were around the table for months and they, you know, they, if they, you know, if they made the mistake of trying to go too big, so be it. But I, I 100% think that it was a very serious attempt. I mean, what's happening at the border is like is genuinely a crisis. I think, you know, that's the one thing everybody can agree on. The status quo is not working. It's not right. great for anybody. And you know, I, I it's un, I think that it's you know really unfortunate that you had people that were sort of told this is your job, go and find a bipartisan solution. That doesn't happen very often. And the fact that they did it and were able to you know come to the table and then just immediately, as you said, kind of it was thrown overboard before anybody had a chance to really look at it. You know, it it did feel a little preconceived. You know? Yeah. So yeah. It, you know, when, when, when you're talking
7: about twelve thousand people a day. Let's use eight to twelve thousand a day. You you cut it down to four to four to five. You've just that is a major change. Is is that an acceptable number? I'm not so sure. I I think a lot of people would say they'd like it to be lower. Yeah. But like at the current thresholds, the is losing. (laughs) So like find some solution to get this number down and get the resources committed to the southern border.
0: Yeah you know, and defining what a win, what an acceptable outcome is on this whole conversation and the whole issue at the border, Haney, maybe we should spend, maybe they should spend a little time, they being the lawmakers, figuring that out before they try to figure out how they're going to get there.
8: Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared.
4: I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. There's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi,
6: I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out. Because only you can prevent wildfires.
2: Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it?
4: Yes, good job.
2: So, what should I do with all these coals?
4: Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire.
1: I understand. The stakes are high. Ha,
4: ha, ha, ha.
1: Learn more at SmokeyBear.com.
4: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
0: Ross Bender is the director for new product development at the Mosaic Company. Ross, 2023, a strong growing season for a lot of producers out there. With yields so good, how does that influence how growers evaluate their fertilizer needs?
5: The yields were so strong, they were actually record yields in some areas. And with record yields equate to record nutrient removal. And our job is to try to maintain the level of fertility of that field so it can retain its long-term productivity. For every bushel of corn that is produced, it needs about one pound of phosphate fertilizer to replace that nutrition and about a half a pound of potash fertilizer. So record yields rapid nutrient removal equates to rapid nutritional decline in the soil if we're not careful in replacing those nutrients.
0: Yeah. So, what should growers look for in fertilizer to achieve that?
5: For managing crop nutrition, there are the four R's. Right source, right rate, right time, and right place. And the goal is to make sure that we have the nutrition available to our plants when they need it. My recommendation is to consider really good phosphate sources. Personally, I really like MicroEssentials. MicroEssentials is a phosphate innovation brought to the retailers by Mosaic and it helps provide better nutrient distribution, it helps keep nutrients available for longer, and that helps equate to better nutrient uptake and ultimately stronger yields. We see improvements in yield over DAP by about 8.8 bushels and yield improvements over MAP by about 7.2 bushels. It's a very strong technology science back.
0: Fantastic. Ross, where can we go to learn more?
5: Visit cropnutrition.com. It's a great resource to learn about anything new and evolving in the crop nutrition space and also to visit with your local retailer and certified crop advisor to build your plan for 2024.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Ross. That is Ross Bender, Director of New Product Development at the Mosaic Company.
6: The drive to succeed knows no season, and we're just scratching the surface of our potential. We live in a hungry world, and 8 billion people are counting on us. Let's not let them down. Commodity Classic is where you'll find a trade show defined by progress and innovation and education that'll open your mind to endless possibilities. Join us in Houston for new frontiers in agriculture, February 28th through March 2nd, 2024. Discover more at commodityclassic.com. When
2: we told growers that bare Premium Trivold herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um... We'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with TriVolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and TriVolt worked. See for yourself at TriVoltInAction.com. TriVolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions.
1: If the world is your oyster... We've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. Glad that you're with us. We
0: are going to wrap up this week's free for all. Davis is here. Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, and Jessica Shulkin, uh, principal at the Russell Group, D.C. We had the Top Producer Summit down in Kansas City this week. And uh, some of the conversations that were taking place, maybe not on the stage or in any of the breakout rooms, uh, and and actually, actually this conversation did make it to the stage um, with uh, Pete Meyer from Muddy Boots Ag. He just kind of looked out at the group, and he says, is this the best that we can get? And uh, I think you probably know what we were talking about. He was talking about the presidential nominees that we've got going into this fall. Now, people would kind of walk up to me, guys, and if they agreed with what Pete was with what Pete said, they'd kind of lean in a little bit and kind of whisper that, hey, "Japers, is this the best that we can that we can get?" Uh, but the 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 issue is real. And now President Biden has been forced to address what many are concerned about when it when it comes to his his uh, memory issues, his mental capacity. Uh, uh, um, Davis, what did the news story? Uh, here it is, right here. Yeah. Uh, President Joe Biden pushed back on a special counsel report that described him as an elderly man with a poor memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, how big of an issue do you think this is, Haney? Oh, that
7: report does not do well for President Biden. It was a and it was a bad out, day
0: he, for him.
7: He and he he came out trying to you know fend it off, be aggressive about it. Clearly, his campaign has got to be worried. They, they and you saw where they went to. Hey, he cooperated. Trump didn't. So we're going to hear a lot about that now. Yeah. But both these candidates, if they are the final two. They need each other because if you look at some of the polling, the only chance either of them has to win is if they actually are both if they go against the other one. Right. If there are other candidates, (laughs) either party switches in or switches in, they're in a losing situation. So it is there are it's a really unusual tandem. Like if, if you're cheering for the Trump campaign, you really, really do not want Biden to to step down and another democrat run like that that's right. if you're cheering for trump that's not what you want here so right. it's, this is a
0: very unusual situation unbelievable jessica do you want to weigh, weigh in on this
8: <laughs> um i i mean look if the, the candidates are who the candidates are i don't think that either one of them are going to end up not being the candidates and yeah the, the report was not great for For the president, and he's their their campaign is going to have to deal with that. I, you know, I think they pivoted the best that they could, but you know, I don't. There's not much more to add. I think you're right that it's going to be, yeah, two two older guys going at it. But the debate will be amazing.
0: Yeah, Uh, I
7: I don't think they'll even debate.
0: No, (laughs) I agree.
8: That's a question.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. It, uh, that is a major, major league question of whether or not there will be a debate or not. And Haney, like you said, if he, President Biden tried to address the situation fairly aggressively. And if there was ever a time that you should not misspeak, it was that moment. That moment. And when he confused, uh, Mexico for Egypt you know said Mexico instead of Egypt it just pounded the nail again that we you know, we're we're deal- there there are lots of uh, commentators out there that are saying listen you, he he can't be the presidential nominee well if he is not the presidential nominee who is it going to be? Are we going to go straight to California and pull Newsom in? Uh, are we going to go California choice B, C, or E uh, with with the current vice president, Harris? Is that a, a, a potential choice? Man, there's just a lot of, of issues going on uh, right there. The other thing that we talked a lot about down at TPS – uh, was the future of um uh sustainable aviation fuel and there's the 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 conversation around using bio-based diesel products to produce jet fuel i think that's become a oh well worse it, it's becoming an assumption that the bio-based diesel is going to be used in the production of of jet fuel the the real issue is the ethanol to jet, and how much traction we can get for that. And everybody's looking at the Treasury Department Haney and waiting for the final decision on what that Greet model is going to say.
7: Yeah, obviously, and the the, the corn ethanol industry really, really needs this win. Right, yeah. in order to be a part of SAF and 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 really really be able to ride that wave, uh, and hey, if you look at the markets, we need those kind of wins. Right, we yeah. need we need some good good demand news. That would that would be fantastic for for corn based ethanol. Uh, do you, do you know what the timeline is on that final decision, Chip?
0: I believe it is March 15. Jessica, do you know?
8: I do not, off the top of my
0: head. Yeah, I think it's March 15. We're supposed to know what the final decision from Treasury is on Greet and what the the final, you know, interpretation of Greet model is is going to be. So we got to we've got a bit of a wait. We got to get all. I mean, we're going to go all the way through the spring price discovery process without knowing the answer to that, guys.
7: Yeah, SAF's a big deal. Like, it oh, yeah. really, really is. Like, when I was at Agritechnica in, in Germany in November, you, know, you could see those big SAF storage tanks at the Frankfurt Airport. Yeah. This is a big, big demand uh, for, for some of the, the products we're growing on farm.
0: Yeah, you know, we look at some of those, those uh, international flights as forcing the hand of the airlines. What if all of a sudden California says you can't land in California unless that plane is fueled with sustainable aviation fuel (sighs) wow there's a lot of issues that are pushing forward jessica thank you so much for your time this morning great having you as part of the conversation
8: i loved it thank you for having me you
0: You bet jessica you too jessica shulkin uh with the russell group dc haney great stuff man thanks have a great weekend we'll talk to you next week
7: Brock Purdy for the win, Flory. Brock Purdy for the win.
0: From your (laughs) lips to God's ears. Have a great weekend. Chip Flory here with the latest Appetite for Pork report. Today I'm talking with Dr. David Newman with the National Pork Board. Pork checkoff is always working to drive demand for U.S. pork. For consumers here at home, David, how are you encouraging them to buy more?
6: This is really a fish where the fish are approach of saying who is the consumer of the future where do they shop what do they buy examples are millennials and gen z's and the largest growth population such as multicultural hispanics so we're reaching the consumers in the right places that's on social media and grocery shopping ads
0: perfect what's next as you're trying to reach new consumers for u.s pork
6: well we're focused on today but we're also focused on tomorrow so this is a long-term approach to position u.s pork
0: Thanks again, David, for talking with us today about how the Pork Checkoff is building a bigger appetite for U.S. pork. You can find more
3: information at porkcheckoff.org slash radio.